doing everything that we can to abide by the laws that have been put out there, by the suggestions uh, from the government. And, and tonight, after hearing what the governor said, transmit it into your car if you want to stay locked, windows rolled up. But because of the lightening up of the, the boundaries that he's placed, he is allowing us to actually have an outdoor service tonight. Uh, we're going to have speakers set up. You can hear it in your car or you can get out of your car. We're going to leave the front of the parking lot open and we're going to socially distance ourselves from each other. But we can come together, get to see each other, give each other holy finger guns and worship God together with outside of the confines of our vehicles. So I want to encourage you to come uh, and be a part of that tonight. It's going to be uh, an awesome time. You're going to get to see faces that you haven't seen unless you've run into them at Home Depot, Sam's, or Walmart. And so it's going to be a good time tonight. And, of course, it's going to be a powerful time of worship and a powerful time of prayer because we believe that prayer changes things. Amen. So I'm glad that you're with me today. And I wanted to just share a couple of things this morning. And, and I'm going to seem like I'm going to get a little bit preachy here. And I don't want you to think for one moment that I am uh, taking for granted the fact that people are getting sick. One of my best friends uh, just found out two or three days ago after being sick for a week. He went to the doctor and he tested positive. Someone close to me, someone on the North Shore. And so I realize that this is still something that is affecting families and lives. People are mourning deaths. People have lost loved ones or friends. And I know that. And I'm not belittling that. And I'm not here to question anything. But I do want you to realize that there are certain phrases that are being said and that have become normal that I hope to never hear again once we climb out of this. Phrases, statements, words being used by leaders, social media, marketing campaigns. During this time, I've, they've gotten old and instead of comforting the listeners, they become phrases that we hope to never hear again. I want to share some of them, and then I want to capitalize on one of them in particular. We've heard things like the, the term new normal, as if we'll never see the old normal again. Social distancing. We can be together socially, but we have to have distance, right? We're going to employ that tonight. Someone asked me, if I come, do I have to wear a mask? That's up to you. We would, especially if you are at risk, then we would suggest that you stay in your car and that you listen to it. But if you want to get out, then we suggest that you put a mask on or whatever makes you feel comfortable. How about this term? In these unprecedented times, like there has never been a time to precede this time. The world has never seen anything like that. We know that that's not the truth. These are not unprecedented times. Now the next term people use, and, and there is some truth. It, they call it trying times. These are trying times, and I'll give you that. In another one, we see this. We heard this term a lot, essential personnel. When it comes to putting food on the table and clothing on our children, every job and every person is essential. It's almost as if we've said that some people just aren't essential. We want you to know that everybody is essential. I understand the value of our medical professionals and those who are on the front lines. I get that, and we champion that. 
But I want you to know that everyone is essential. How about this? Flattening the curve. Last week I joked and said that I'm going to socially distance myself from the refrigerator so that I can flatten my curve. But we hear this a lot. How about this one? And then this one is a, a, a Twitter. Uh, a, a, on Twitter, you'll see hashtag alone together. I don't know about you, but I find it hard to be together with someone when I'm alone. We're alone together. All of these things. The one that bothers me the most, though, especially when I hear Christians use it, churches use it. It's a marketing term that helps people or is supposed to help people realize that we know what you're feeling. We know where you are. We know what you're thinking. Or we want you to think this because it benefits us. When these times are called uncertain times, in these uncertain times, car manufacturers are here for you. No payment for three or four months, 0% interest for 84 months on certain vehicles that will eventually require payment. In these uncertain times, mortgage companies and electric companies won't drop you or charge you late fees. In these uncertain times, lawyers are still available for you if you get into a car accident. Stores are still open, but you have to distance yourself from others and stand in the line to get in. Face masks protect you from others and others from you. Health clubs will do at-home sessions online in these uncertain times. In these uncertain times, churches will conduct services and Bible studies online. Celebrities will give you a peek into their homes. Musicians will do together alone sessions, poolside or from their mansions. And politicians are fighting for all of us in these uncertain times. Today I want you to know this. That no times are uncertain times for those who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. Let me, let me say that again. There are no times that are uncertain times for you and I if you know Jesus Christ and you've asked him into your heart. In these uncertain times, we are certain of many things. I believe that no matter what we go through, we are certain of a few things and I want to encourage those who are children of God to live in the certainty of God's word and stand strong. And those who don't know Jesus as their Savior, I want you to consider your uncertainty and make a decision today to become certain, not in religion, but in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, our certainty isn't in religion. It's not in Lakeshore Church. It's not in the assemblies of God whom we've connected with and we're affiliated with. Our certainty is in the word of God. John, the beloved disciple, in the very beginning of the gospel that he wrote said, in the beginning was the word, capital W. And the word was God and the word was with God. We see that the only thing that's certain in our lives is the word. And the word is Jesus Christ. So you might be asking me, well, what are you certain of? 
What are you certain of? Because I'm seeing a lot of people that aren't even certain if they're going to have a job. They're on furlough, and they've been furloughed, and and they don't even know if they're going to have a job in a couple of weeks. There are people that are wondering, are their mortgage companies going to expect payment for the last couple of months that they didn't ask for that, that payment? There are people who are uncertain about health, uncertain about all kinds of things. Listen, I get it, and I understand. But in the end, I want you to know that we can be certain. And our certainty in the things that I'm about to describe to you, they outweigh the uncertainty of life's issues. Number one, what are we certain of? We as Christians, we as sons of the one and daughters of the one true living God are certain of eternal life. We're certain that we will be in heaven for eternity, that we will experience heavenly rewards, that we won't spend eternity in hell in eternal punishment. You see, that's what drove some of you to the place where you accepted Jesus Christ into your life because of the uncertainty of what happens after you die. And somebody said that you can be certain through faith, by faith, you can be certain that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you won't be punished in hell, but that you will be rewarded with eternal life in heaven. And the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, you became certain. There are still some of you out there that don't have that certainty. I want to help you through Scripture to understand how we as Christians have faith and are certain in our eternal destination. Some people say, you know what, I haven't heard that word hell or hadn't heard anybody speak about hell in a long time. Eternal punishment isn't something that I've, I've even thought of. We, we've gotten away from the notion that, that the wicked will be punished in hell for all eternity if they don't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, if they don't confess him, if they don't believe you see, we, we've forgotten. We, it's almost like the church has turned into some kind of a universalist organization. And the fact of the matter is this. There is a heaven and there is a hell. No one spoke about hell more than Jesus Christ himself. And today, I want you to know that I and most of the people that call Lakeshore Church their home are certain that they're going to be in heaven. And why is that? When we die, here it is right here, John 3, 16 through 21. John chapter 3, verse 16, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What am I certain of? I am certain of everlasting life. That because I believe in him, I will not perish, but I will have everlasting life, eternal life. Man, that's some good preaching. You guys amen me with some hearts or something. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Oh, and some of you are saying, aha, Pastor Brian, you're trying to condemn me because of my uncertainty. No, I'm not. I'll tell you this, there's a lot of Christians that are a little uncertain, and today I want to build their faith to the place where they'll grow in the things that they're certain of. It says God didn't come send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. Saved from what? Uncertainty. Saved from an uncertain eternal destination, heaven or hell. Saved from the consequences of our sin. What's the greatest consequence of our sin? Uncertainty. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who believes in Jesus isn't condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. They are uncertain because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. Let me enlighten you today and may your spirit and may your walk and may your head be cleared and may, be, may it be filled with the light of Christ as you are certain in your salvation. Believers are certain, unbelievers, those who haven't confessed Jesus as their savior of their, from their sins, they're uncertain. In bad times, and even after the curve has been flattened, they're still going to be uncertain. You see, all this does is, is, is scream, and, and it, it helps those who are uncertain to be even more uncertain about what's happening. And it's time for those people, maybe that's you, to become certain today and give your life to Jesus Christ. Now listen, some say, well, I believe in Jesus or even say that he's your savior, but I just don't believe in being as radical as you are, Pastor Brian, about my religion. Two things. First of all, I'm not religious and religious, religion has done nothing for me. I'm not radical about religion. I am radical about Jesus Christ and a relationship with him. And the second thing is this. You say that I'm radical and my faith is radical. Well, let me just uh, encourage you and help you understand something. Jesus' death was brutal. His death on the cross was brutal. He didn't die a brutal death to shed his blood and defeat death so that I could live a casual Christian lifestyle. I'm certain of that, and you should be too. The second thing that I'm certain of knowing that I'm a child of God because we've established that I believe in him and whosoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. The second thing that I'm certain of is that we are remembered. Not that we will be remembered, but that we are remembered. Psalm 136.1 says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. I'm reading that to establish what I want to read down in, in verse 23. This same Lord whose mercy endures forever, in verse 23, remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever, and rescued us from our enemies for his mercy endures forever. 
who gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever, and he remembers those whom he is merciful to. Today, if you are a Christian, you are remembered by God. He will supply your needs. He will provide your needs. He will be there with you, and he will strengthen you. And when no one else remembers you, he does. There are some people that this alone together is literally driving them to a place where, where they are struggling with mental illnesses. Listen, even sometimes you feel you're sitting at home. Maybe you wonder, does Lake Shore Church even remember me? I want you to know that we're thinking of all of you, praying for everyone. And in the end, even if we don't, God does. He always will. And he loves you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I'm certain of that. The next thing that I'm certain of is this. That I have been chosen. I'm certain of heaven. I'm certain that I'm remembered. I am certain that I have been chosen by God himself. John 14, 19, 9 through 17. This was in those last moments that Jesus was spending with his disciples. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? So how can you say, show us the Father do, not, do, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me, Jesus is establishing himself, that Jesus is the Son of God. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Pastor Vic talked about this on Wednesday. Go back and watch it. Incredible message. In verse 15, he says this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Well, I think I messed this up. I bet I did. I put the wrong scripture in here. Look, see, I do it when I'm online, too. It's not just when you're here physically. Jesus looked at his disciples, and I don't know if I have the right scripture there or not, but I know what the scripture says. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I'm breaking a sweat. Somebody turn that AC up. Turn that oven off. I'm done. We're chosen by God. Listen, this is not in support of the predestination or that God has only selected some of some for salvation. Well, if, how do I know that I'm chosen? Second Peter 3 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. Why? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
Listen, if you are certain, I'm going to pull this up so I can see it. If you are certain that you've been chosen, live like it. If you are certain that you've been chosen by God, then live like it. Let this fact eliminate fear and anxiety and even depression from your lives. You've been chosen by the creator of the universe. He knows you. He knows your name. He knows the numbers on your head or the lack thereof. If you are not certain of that, if you've not been, if you're not certain that you've been chosen, it's time for you to do what? To repent. It's time for you to repent. Repent of your sins, and the word of God says he's been waiting patiently, patiently for you to do so, and I'm certain of that. The last thing that I'm certain of, and you should be too, I'm certain that I have peace with God because I'm justified in faith through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1, if you look at that scripture, It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having peace with men is one thing. Having peace with God is another. And having peace with God means that we are justified. What does justified mean? Justified means that I have been declared or pronounced by God to be just, righteous, or holy. I'm justified. You know who wants to tell me that I'm not justified? The enemy. Do you know what the enemy does? He tries to come into my life and rob me of my certainty. He wants to say things like, in these uncertain times, don't you think God would be okay if you did this? Don't you think God's going to be okay if you said that? Mortgage companies are forgiving people for being late with their payments. Electric companies are doing the same. And maybe we think that God, in these uncertain times, he's okay with us reverting back to the old man. I want you to know that in these uncertain times, I'm certain of this, that God has justified me and that I am a new creation And I'm not going to revert back to the old man because I'm living in the new man and the new man helps me live the way God wants me to live regardless of whether or not they're trying times, unprecedented times, or uncertain times. I'm certain of that. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us how we are New creations. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Not might be, not is going to be, not can be. Listen to what I'm saying. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... 
Well, how can I be assured that I am in Christ? Jesus said, if my word abides in you and you abide in my love, if you abide in my words, you are mine. You know what he said? If you believe that the Son of God came to, to, to take away the sins of the world, then you are in Christ. And if you are in Christ, you can be certain that you are a new creation. But Pastor Brian, you say that, and the Word says that. But you know what? I know that I messed up yesterday. How can I be a new creation if I messed up yesterday? It's the enemy that's trying to make you uncertain of your salvation and your justification and your holiness and being made right. You tell them, they tell them that he is a liar, and I am certain that I am justified through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's amen stuff right there. Nobody's here to amen me. All things, all things. It says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I am certain that my salvation has changed the way that I talk, the way that I treat others, the way that I live, and I am certain that God desires that of you and I. And I'm also certain that the enemy is trying to lie to some of you right now, to say that you're dirty, you're not clean. There's no way that you can be justified and did what you did last week. There's no way that you can be justified and did what you did last night. And at some point, you need to punch the enemy in the mouth and you need to declare, I am certain that I am justified, not by my actions, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm certain that the woman that was thrown at Jesus' feet was guilty. Of, of the sins she was being accused of. I'm also certain that Jesus didn't condemn her. That he shooed everyone else that wanted to kill her away. He looked at that woman, asked where her accusers were. And she said, they're all gone. He said, neither do I condemn you. Neither do I, neither do I accuse you. But I'm also certain that he looked at that lady and said, now go and sin no more. Every day, I'm certain that our walk with Christ at times is a struggle. And in these trying times, sometimes it's more of a struggle. They say idle hands are the devil's workshop for men, and I've been encouraging men to guard their minds, to guard their hearts, to guard their tongues in these times when we're around our families more than we've ever been, when, when we've found ourselves with, uh, without our regular 40, 50, 60-hour-a-week jobs, and now the enemy comes in and he lies to us and he tells us that these are uncertain times for Christians. Well, I want you to know that he's a liar and he's a father of all lies, and I want you to know that you can be certain. You can be certain today that you're headed to heaven should you breathe your last breath. You can be certain today 
that you are remembered by the God who created heaven and earth. You. He knows you. And he's remembering you. And he knows where you are. And he knows what you're going through. He knows your pain. He knows your hurt. He sees your tears. If he tells us to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice, I want you to know he wouldn't expect us to do something that he doesn't do. When we weep, he weeps with us. When we rejoice, he rejoices with us. I'm also certain that I have been chosen and that you have been chosen. And no one can take that away. And I'm also convinced, I'm also certain that I have been justified and that you've been justified. And no matter what you've done, there is immediate cleansing. Immediate. God's grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for me. Grace is so difficult to understand, but his grace is there and it's new Every morning. Some of you say, well, I, I don't know if I can wait until tomorrow morning, Pastor Brian. Well, let's just say it's, it's new every moment of every day. And it's amazing. And I'm certain of that. If you've been convinced that these times are uncertain, and you are now realizing that you are uncertain of whether or not you are right with God and unsure of where you will spend eternity when you die, I am certain that today is your day for you to become certain. I want to pray for Christians, and I want to pray with non-Christians I want to pray for Christians that you would become certain and that you would hear these terms and that it would turn your stomach because no one can tell us about what our certainty level is in any situation. If we're certain of things that won't change and that will be steady, his word and his promises are all yes and amen. And today you can be certain of that. I've never heard anyone ever come to me and tell me, Pastor Brian, I think the word of God has let me down. God promises things that I'm not getting. I've never heard that. If you're right with God and you believe in the Son of God and God is changing your life, I want you to know that you can be certain that he's going to be there for you, that he remembers you, that you're chosen, and that you're completely justified. For those of you that aren't, though, I want to pray with you. Because maybe God is using this time of uncertainty to bring you to a place where you'll make things right with him. So, Father, right now I'm praying. I'm praying, Lord God, for the Christians. And, Lord, they hear these things. And, and sometimes I don't, I honestly think that some of these things are said, Lord God, to create a little more fear, to make us a little more cautious. And I'm not saying that they're wrong in anything that they've done or said, but Lord God, if there's one thing that I know, no one can tell me, no matter what happens, no matter how many fall around me, I am certain of my salvation. I am certain of... of 
the fact that I am in your mind and on your thoughts. I am certain that you have chosen me, and I am certain, Lord God, that you have washed me white as snow. So, Lord God, I'm praying that you would be with us. I'm asking, Lord God, that you would just strengthen us to be an example to the world around us, not in foolishness, not in being foolish, not in refusing to wear a mask or to socially distance. Or, Lord, we're not, we're not foolish. But I'm praying, Lord God, that we would be strong and when others, Lord God, have fear or anxiety or maybe even depressed, it won't be so for us because we're certain of you. And Lord, I'm praying right now for those that are under the sound of my voice that may not know you, and maybe they're not certain of where they would go to stop breathing today. My prayer, Lord God, is that they would make things right. And if that's you today, then I want you just to follow me in this simple prayer. No one's there. I can't ask you to come to an altar. I can't ask you to raise your hand. I, this is between you and God. Eventually, you're going to have to make it public. Because Jesus himself said that if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before men, then I'll also deny you before my Heavenly Father. Now, some of you are saying, well, I would never deny Christ. Well, you know what? It, it, we know that maybe verbally you'll never do that. But maybe it's in the way that you live or maybe it's in the decisions that you make. He wants you to, he wants you to let the world know know that you have given your life to Jesus Christ. When we come out of this, one of the greatest things and one of the greatest celebrations that we're going to have, and it may be outside before we even get to come back inside, is we want to have a baptismal service for those who have made things right with God through this, who have, who have reconnected with Jesus Christ, or maybe for the first time ever surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. And Lord, they'll be able to make that public through baptism. Before you get to that stage, you've got to make a decision in your heart. You've got to say in your mind that enough is enough. I'm tired of the uncertainty, and I, and I, need, I need to be certain. And so today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say it in your heart. I want you to say with your mouth. I want you to say it with your lips. And if you're watching this in bed and you're afraid that you're going to wake the person up next to you, who cares? Because this will determine the difference of heaven and hell for you. I want you to say it, and I want you to say it out loud. Because you need to speak it with your mouth. Dear Lord Jesus, I am confessing you as my Savior, the forgiver of my sins, and the healer of my heart. I repent and ask for forgiveness of my sin forgive me cleanse me wash me and make me new I'm confessing you today as the Lord of my life and I believe in my heart today that you are alive and I want to be certain that you remember me that you have chosen me and that I am justified through the blood of Jesus Christ I love you, Lord God, and thank you for this.
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, everybody watching, give a bunch of hearts because I believe that someone, and I believe several someones, just gave their life to Jesus Christ. And for that, not giving me a heart, but giving God himself the heart that this church is worldwide ministering to people who need to be certain about their faith. So God bless you for joining in today. I'm excited about tonight. I want to encourage you to come tonight. Now listen, we'll have it broadcast via the FM transmitter. But I'm also going to encourage you tonight that if you want to step out of your vehicle, you'll be able to do so. We'll have someone in here. We'll have, if you need to use the restroom, of course, we're going to do that in such a way um, that not everybody is coming in at the same time. We want to be careful. Uh, but you'll be allowed to do that. And in the end, we're going to call out on God and worship together like we haven't done in a long time. And we're going to get to do it outside. There's no ceiling for our words and song and our hearts to bounce off of. We're going to do it outside, and it's going to be a beautiful afternoon. We want you to come out and be a part of it. We hope to see you. And prayerfully, you're, you're going to be able to come. And if you're not, if you're in that high-risk group and you just don't want to risk it, we'll still be online for you. You'll still be able to join us here online and worship with us. And we're not accusing you, condemning you, or judging you for that. I'm thankful that you have that wisdom. It really should be up to us. And you know what? I respect that. So, Lord God, be with those that are here. Be with those, Lord, that are... Uh, that are streaming right now touch our families protect our homes protect our hearts let us glorify you and let us not as christians refer to any time as uncertain time we give you glory we give you praise in jesus name amen and amen